You are about to listen to The Millionaire's Word, brought to you by the Wonder Cathedral of Action Chapel International, Adenta Branch. This message will equip the contemporary Christian with nuggets of wisdom for today's world. Stay tuned and God bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise, we give you glory. We honor you for your mercies. We honor you for grace. We thank you for divine protection. We thank you for divine distinction. That which has brought us this far. Many were they who began the journey of 2022. But today are nowhere to be found. We are counted amongst the living. And certainly it is not by our power or might. But Father, you have favored our cause. You have shown us great mercy, having delivered our lives from the pit. Yet you crowned us with your tender loving kindness. This morning we say, Hallowed be your name, King of kings and Lord of lords. You who has not dealt with us according to our shortcomings. But Father, your mercy endured our mistakes. Your mercy endured our shortcomings have your way spirit of god take preeminence this morning let the name of jesus christ alone be exalted thank you for the blood that speaks mercy and grace thank you for the blood of cleansing we bless your holy name we declare that there is no god like you none compares to you for you are god and god alone we thank you Grant us listening ears and understanding hearts. Grant us grace that will apply the precepts of your word to our lives, that your name will be glorified. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Oh, I didn't hear you say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. And please take your seats in heavenly places. I welcome you. Um, may I kindly ask that if there's an empty seat in front of you, please fill it. Fill it. So those who come late will not come and disrupt the service with all humility. Thank you so much. Don't leave an empty seat in front of you, please. Right. We thank God. On behalf of His Eminence, the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams, on behalf of our resident bishop, Senior Bishop Isaac Leibold, the entire pastorate, elders and deacons, I welcome you to this beautiful first Sunday of the month of December. Has God been good to someone? Oh, has God been good to someone? Can you just give him a wave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not for anything, you and I are counted amongst the living. And this morning, he's done the greatest miracle of life, that he's waking us up. He's waking us up. That is the greatest miracle of the day. To be able to wake up strong and healthy is a blessing. Amen? And I know that the same God who has journeyed with us from January till now, ah, he didn't allow the devil to kill us. He didn't allow sickness and accident to stop us. 
the same God who is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He will finish well with us. I said he will end well with us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so uh, we've been looking at the theme of divine favor. Uh, with a lot have been said. I'm not going to bore you. What I want to do this morning is to just recapture uh, a couple of the key things that we have said so far. Uh, it is said that revision is the mother of learning. And so as we revise, we refresh ourselves. And uh, it helps us to put into practice the things that we've heard and we continue to hear. Uh, somebody said the other day that if believers will put 50% of what we hear into practice, we will have a revival. Amen? Yeah. Okay, and so um, I want to read three key scriptures and then uh, we'll set the ball rolling. But we, we are looking at divine favor and then uh, I, I will attempt to address a couple of key questions when it comes to divine favor and what the believer's understanding should be, okay, when we talk about divine favor. And so, give me Psalm 30 verse 5. Psalm 30 verse 5. We've looked at this scripture a couple of times. It says, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Another translation says that, but his favor is life. Okay? And so, by all standards, God's favor is key. God's favor is significant in the life of the child of God. Okay? His favor is for life. So, you can look at it two ways. Is for life means that God's favor doesn't expire. As long as you are alive and you are connected to the source, then you are open to God's favor. And his favor itself also represents life. It's life in itself. Praise the Lord. And so, it's important that as a child of God, in living your Christian life, favor should be part of what you desire for. Favor should be part of what you work your life towards as a child of God. So you will enjoy the favor of God. Can I get an amen? Or oh, can I get an amen? Let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And then we'll, we'll go to Acts. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, when it comes to Christianity, Christ Jesus is our ultimate example. Okay? And if he, the son of God, needed favor, then you and I, we need it more. Somebody say, I need it more. Or say it like you mean it. Say, I need more favor. Hallelujah. And then lastly, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. It says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Uh-huh. Let's move it. 42. 
3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Uh -huh, 43. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Uh -huh, 44. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Mm -hmm. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Uh -huh. 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Last verse. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Praising God and having favor. Praise the Lord. And so we see that favor is very much a part and parcel of the Christian journey. And God himself has made the provision for favor. So that we can enjoy his goodwill. We can enjoy his mercies. And we can enjoy his grace. Amen. And so um, we have looked at the definition of favor. Uh, a lot of things have been said. But let me just repeat a couple of things here. Um, to help us get a fuller picture of what we are dealing with. What is favor? What is favor? Uh, I love what Reverend Dubuche said the other time. That favor is a cocktail. It's a combination of many things. It's a combination of God's grace. It's a combination of God's mercy. It's a combination of God's kindness. It's a combination of God's love. It's a combination of God's goodness. And it's a combination of God's goodwill. It's a cocktail. It's like combining Fanta, Coca-Cola, Mirinda, whatever, Sobolo, Pito, and everything to get the taste, you know, bits and pieces. And it makes a significant difference in our lives. Amen? The other day I was asking a question that if a believer was in a bus traveling from Accra to Kumasi, an oven bus, and that bus is involved in an accident, and for whatever reason, everybody else perishes but for one. Do we see it as divine favor? Or do we see it as a mere occurrence? It's the favor of God that distinguishes a man or a woman and separates you, puts you apart. When there are 15,000 people vying for one scholarship and 15 people are expected to be selected. What makes the difference? Sometimes 
we take out the favor of God and put something else there. But you see, when hundreds of people have the same qualification and yet a very little number is supposed to be chosen, something must speak for you. Praise the Lord. Something must speak for you. And that is why divine favor is important because it will distinguish us and set us apart. God himself has made that provision. I'm dealing with a young lady and she's applied for PhD. <laughs> she didn't get one. She got two. Now the challenge is to choose which one. <laughs> that is what favor does for you. Whereas others are struggling for one. When you are two. Which one to choose now is the issue. May favor speak for you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Marian Webster's dictionary says that favor includes friendly and kind regard, goodwill, approval, attractiveness, showing favoritism, preferring one above the other, endorsing. It says to be favored is to be specially privileged. To be favored is to be specially privileged. How do we translate that in a theological term? This can be described as a divine kindness or an act of true compassion on the part of God to men or towards men and women who don't deserve it. Divine kindness, an act of true compassion towards men and women who don't deserve it. Praise the Lord. What will make us qualify for God's favor? If you take Christ apart, what, what can you really do to merit God's favor. If our righteousness is like a filthy rag, then what qualifies us? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So it's not something we can beat our chest and say we deserve. We don't. We don't have what it takes to qualify. But God in his mercy and grace makes provision through the sacrifice of his son to make us qualified. Hallelujah. That is why somebody says that God does not call qualified people. But those he calls, he qualifies them. Praise the Lord. And that is why you and I can be confident that we stand as those who are qualified for God's favor. And may his favor speak for you and I. May his favor distinguish us and set us apart in the name of Jesus. And so favor, we can say, is to feel or show approval or preference for. Okay? To feel or show approval 
for preference for. Favor is an act of kindness performed or granted. Performed or granted out of goodwill. And again, I come to the cocktail. It includes grace. It includes mercy. God's grace, God's mercy, God's kindness, God's love, God's goodness, and God's goodwill. Praise the Lord. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. Now, and so understanding all this brings us to one thing. And I just want to go through a couple of them. What favor does for us? The difference favor makes in the life of the believer. Number one, favor is our insurance policy against failure or defeat. Favor is our insurance policy against failure or defeat. It insures you. And that is why scripture says in the book of Psalms, Psalm 5 verse 12, that he will surround you with favor like a shield. A shield is for defense. And so favor becomes our defense against failure. Because of favor, you will not fail. Because favor will make way for you even where there seems to be no way. The favor on, of God on you distinguishes you and sets you apart. Praise the Lord. Number two, favor is the tangible evidence of the approval of God. If you are under God's favor, means that you have God's approval. He approves of you. God's endorsement is on you. And it's a clear statement that God is with you. And God is on your side. Praise the Lord. Oh, I said praise the Lord. Reverend Dubochui made a statement the other day. He says that favor determines the limit of one's destiny. It determines the limit of one's destiny. Favor brings sweatless labor. So that life without favor tends to labor. <laughs> life without favor becomes labor. Means that you will, you will crack your back to get every penny and every dime. If you have to, to be working for the smallest thing you enjoy in life, life will become very burdensome, very laborious. It is not God's intention. That is why he makes room for favor. So that it's not everything you should labor for. Favor will bring certain things to you without labor. Because God's approval is upon your life. May that be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. It says favor is that factor that terminates labor. Yeah. It takes labor out of your life. You don't work like an elephant 
and eat like an ant. Praise the Lord. Yeah. May the Lord favor our cause. You can't fly higher than the favor of God enables you. Favor will give you influence. Favor will give you influence. And that is very true. Favor will give you influence. It is, it is God's favor. It is that quality that distinguishes you or distinguishes you from the next person. That is why you can have two people doing the same work, earning the same salary, but you see that one person looks more prominent. There is something about one of them that distinguishes him or her from the other person. There's a certain quality of God called favor that sets us apart. And I pray that you and I, as we work out our salvation, we will desire to walk in that favor of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, there's an important question here. Should I court the favor of God or should I possess it? Do we need to do something extra for the favor of God? Or do we just have to possess it? Because sometimes I have friends. We pray that prayer, Lord, give me favor. But I believe that divine favor is part of the salvation package. You see, when Christ died, he secured our favor. The word for salvation, the Greek word soterion, it's an all-inclusive word. It's an all-encompassing word, which involves deliverance. It includes prosperity. It includes favor. It includes healing. And so when Christ died on the cross, he made provision for our favor. Praise the Lord. And so in praying, we appropriate the favor of God. Don't go and bother God that he should give you favor. Or their He's giving it to us. It is part of the salvation package. The only difference is that in prayer, depending on where you need favor, if it is favor for marriage, if it is favor for business, if it is favor for a contract, then you appropriate it as such. So it's a wrong prayer to be praying that Lord give me favor. He should give you what? He's already given it to you. Praise the Lord. He is giving it to you. Say, I possess favor. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, I possess favor. Hallelujah. It is part of what Christ died to recover for us. Amen? Says that he who finds a wife finds favor. Amen? 
He's given it to you. And so what we need to do is to activate it. And I think that often that is where the problem is. You see, because favor works in a certain atmosphere. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I said the other day that whatever God creates operates in a certain atmosphere. When you take marine life, it's in water. That is why if you take fish out of its atmosphere, it will die. In the same way, when you put man in water beyond a certain time, he will die. If you take a bed and put it in water, it will die. Favor works in a certain atmosphere. And that atmosphere is the presence of God. Amen? And so if we are going to enjoy the favor of God, then we must operate the presence of God. Out of the presence of God, you take yourself out of favor. And you see, because we have failed to practice the presence of God, we keep asking for what has already been given. But as you dwell in his presence, in his presence is fullness of joy and blesses forevermore. As we dwell in his presence, we open ourselves up to the favor of God. And God gave the people of Israel favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So that when they were living, they left with articles of gold, silver, and raiments, garments, designer clothing. And for, for listen, for 40 years, throughout the wilderness journey, the people of Israel never bought dresses. They didn't buy shoes. God provided for their food. That, you see, when favor is playing and working out, eh, it, it, it makes things different. And it gives you, it takes stress out of your life. May we position ourselves well to enjoy this glorious favor of God. Hallelujah. May we possess that grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, another issue that bothers our minds when it comes to favor is the fact that does God show favoritism? Does God show favoritism? Is he a God of favoritism? Is he a partial God? <laughs> Somebody is laughing. <laughs> I, I, we raised this question in our midweek service. And it was very interesting. Very interesting. Does God show favoritism? Some said no. Some said, I'm, I'm sure you've answered it in your head. <laughs> but you see, I wish, I wish I could turn 
this to a teaching <laughs> so that I will solicit some thoughts. Listen, you should be coming for midweek service. Oh. No, 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 you should. You should. Put the laziness aside and the excuses because it will help you. You know, in a service like this, we don't have time to ask questions. A lot of us have a lot of questions in our head. You don't have any proper answer to it. And so even in the office, when, when there's an argument about Christianity, you can't say much. It's very, it's very shameful. You know all the names of the players. Of the, okay, let me, let me just end it here. <laughs> Does God show favoritism? Or he doesn't? What do you think? He doesn't. Okay, somebody say he doesn't show favoritism. What do you think? Does God show favoritism? Okay, how many of us think God shows favoritism? Let me see your hand up. Oh. Okay, how many of us think God doesn't show favoritism? Well, I show favoritism. That's not. Where, where are you? All who think God shows favoritism, up. Oh, let's go above your head. We are learning. Let me test your theology. Ama, where are you? God doesn't show favoritism. Let me see. Hey, Ama, your hand is still down. <laughs> okay, let's look at a couple of scriptures. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Um, <laughs> give me Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Acts 10, 34. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Somebody is laughing. Your theology, I will scatter it right now. You wait. <laughs> now, if you read the verses prior to verse 34, God shows Peter a picture. A picture of all kinds of animals on a canvas. Like a big banner. It drops. And there were various animals on it. And it has to do with the story of Cornelius. And so God tells Peter, Kill the animal and eat. Peter said, no, Lord. They are unclean animals as part of the animals. But God says, uh, go ahead, slaughter. And then eventually, when Cornelius sent a team, an angel occurred to him that he should send people to Peter. So when the people got to Peter, then Peter understood the vision because God was now dealing with the Gentiles. In Peter's mind, Yahweh was the God of the Jews. But along the line, God begins to make room for the Gentiles. Okay, and so when 
we talk about this scripture, it makes a reference to salvation. Hear me well. When it comes to salvation, it's an open door. Whether you come from Yugoslavia, whether you come from Kosovo, Chiriponi Sabiba, it doesn't matter. It's an open door. God doesn't show partiality when it comes to salvation. It's an open door for whosoever is willing to come in. Now, let's read another scripture. Exodus 11, verse 7. Let's start from verse 6. Exodus 11. Go to verse 6. Does God show partiality? Or does God show favoritism? Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. Uh-huh. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue. Against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Does God show favoritism? Does God show favoritism? <laughs> you see? Listen. God makes a difference between those who know him and those who don't. In fact, between Christians, as we sit here now, depending on your heart connection to God, you will enjoy certain things another person will not. That one is not because God shows favoritism. It's because you have positioned yourself in the atmosphere where favor works. It's a bit like Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes it looks like one person has more of Holy Spirit than the other. That's not the case. It's not like one person has more of Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has more of one person than the other. Depending on how surrendered you are, if Mr. Tego has surrendered 100% of his life. Holy Spirit will operate more in his life because the, his financial room, Holy Spirit is there. His marriage room, Holy Spirit is there. His business room, Holy Spirit is there. Take another person. His marriage room, Holy Spirit is there. His business room, Holy Spirit is there. His financial room, he's in control. Holy Spirit won't be there. Do you get it? Yes. So God does make a difference. God will favor your cause because you belong to him. Hallelujah. Say, I am a career of divine favor. Praise the Lord. God does make a difference. But when it comes to salvation, there's no partiality. Praise the Lord. 
In fact, you, you find countless, I don't have time, countless other examples in the scriptures where God distinguishes between his people. You see, and the reason being that God is a God of covenant. He's a God of covenant. That is so significant. And that is why when God called Abraham, he called him into a covenant relationship. Isaac, Jacob, the nation of Israel were in covenant with him. That is why you and I and God still have a covenant through Christ Jesus. Because God operates with covenants. Now, the problem is that there are two parties to every covenant. There is the divine sovereign and then there is the other party. In a covenant, there are stipulations. There are rules to abide by. And so God says that if you do this, I will do that. If you don't do this, I will not do that. And so, there are requirements to every covenant. And as long as we fail to do our part, and, 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 and again, this is, this is very powerful when it comes to the new covenant in Christ. You see, the Bible says that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. And so in our covenant with Christ or with God through Christ, there's a lot of grace that is available. In the Old Testament, judgment was instantaneous. It was instant. Korah, Abiram, and Ko. The earth opened and swallowed them. Anytime the people of Israel went astray, they took themselves out of the atmosphere of favor. And God gave them up to other kingdoms to oppress them. And listen, it is very costly. It is very costly when we persist in disobedience. One, we deny our own blessings. We allow the enemy to delay our blessings. And we give room to the enemy to manipulate things that are supposed to come to us. And that is why, listen. The other day I was, I was, I was studying the Bible, doing my quiet time. And the Holy Spirit just dropped this thing in my spirit. That, listen, all the blessings that we cry for. Oh, Lord, bless me. Bless me. Listen, it is all God has deposited all in the atmosphere of obedience. Everything, everything from grain, grain to grand grand, it is all deposited in the atmosphere 
of obedience. Deuteronomy 28 is fantastic. But it is hinged on obedience. If you will heed the voice of the Lord your God, these blessings will follow you and overtake you. It will not just follow you. It will overtake you. You see? It shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. Go to verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. He says that in the city, you'll be blessed. Outside the city, you'll be blessed. It means even if your business is located outside the city, on the outskirts, the favor of God will locate that business and make it thrive. So listen, disobedience is costly. It's costly. And it is a, it's, it's a huge error when we keep talking about glory, about honor, about anointing, about favor, without drawing your attention to the fact that these things will not just happen because you and I are talking or praying. It is hinged on our obedience to the word of God. He said, I will bless your food and I will bless your water. Listen, if, God's, if God blesses your food and water, when they poison it and you eat it, you won't die. No, 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 no. It can't kill you. It can't kill you. I beseech you by the mercies of God. We must endeavor to walk in obedience. If favor is going to... You see, that is why sometimes it seems as if the things are not working. And instead of checking your life, you are pointing fingers at us pastors. Oh, the the pastors are not anointed. It is you who is not anointed. Don't use your reggae to come and spoil our gospel. Check yourself. Check yourself. Have you done your part? Check yourself. Praise the Lord. But as long as we persist in disobedience, listen, we can immerse you in the drum of Zomi. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. We, can, we will pour the anointing on you. Nothing will happen. It is God who sets the standards. And he has placed his word of blessing in the mouth of the priesthood. As you walk in obedience and we declare the word, then it works. Because God gives his approval. But when you're not walking in obedience, and if we even say the blessing, grace will cover you, but Satan will contend with you. Grace will cover you. We're in the dispensation of grace. It will cover you. 
by the blood of Jesus. But there is an accuser of the brethren. If he had the impudence to slap an accusation against Joshua the high priest, you and I won't go scot-free. Amen? Listen, endeavor to walk. Say, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his words, all the glory he sheds on our way. Whilst we do his good will, he abides with us still. That's it. Trust and obey, for there's no other to trust and obey. You see, is it a Pentecost, Pentecostal church or the apostolic church? They have a saying that there's a revelation in that statement. But this generation has taken it as a cliche. But there's a revelation behind it. And the writing is on the wall. Scripture describes Lucifer as the anointed cherub. Lucifer was the personification of favor. His body, as he moves, creates music. That's how powerful Lucifer is. He's not your regular angel. <laughs> but pride, pride, pride brought him down. Listen, check your life. Get rid of sin. It won't help you. It won't help you. If you are a Christian, let's practice it. Of course, it's a hard work. It's not for babies. Christianity is not for babies, though. And it's not a tea party. It's not. It's a hard work. And that's why Jesus says that. Give me, give me Matthew 10, 38. Listen, if you're not ready to carry your cross, you're not qualified. That's what he says. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy. You're not worthy. 
If you are not worthy of Christ, how can you be worthy of his favor? So please, as we close the chapter on 2022 into 2023, endeavor, make it a part of your life pursuit as a child of God. Listen, obedience must be part of my journey. Persistent obedience. Consistent obedience. Faithful obedience. Listen, your, your obedience has to be persistent because things will come at you. You need to be consistent because the enemy will try to disrupt it and you must be faithful. You must be faithful. That is what God has called us to. If we don't deal with the foundation, how do we build on it? It is absolutely clear, I'm closing, that God in his mercy, in his grace, his kindness, his love, his goodness, and his goodwill has made provision for you and I that we will enjoy his favor, that for our sake he will be partial. He will show us favoritism because we are in a covenant relationship with him. But the responsibility is on us that we keep our part of the baggage to walk in obedience, to walk in faithful obedience. And this is the thing. I said the other day that there was no way God was going to withhold his son Jesus from dying for humanity. If a human being, Abraham, could be willing to sacrifice his only son. Listen, if you and I as human and as wicked and as weak as we can be, will be willing to keep our part of the bargain, then he who is the faithful God, the I am that I am, who has exalted his word above his name, he is bound to favor you and I. Yeah, he is. I pray by the mercies of God that Holy Spirit will help us, will help us to walk in obedience will help us to position ourselves in the atmosphere of favor by obedience. So that whatever he has apportioned for our lives to set us apart, to distinguish us, we will enjoy it fully in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you not give room to the enemy to mess up your favor. May you not give room to the enemy to deny you of this glorious favor. But I pray that the favor of God will locate you in your business, will locate you in your marriage, will locate you in your finances, 
will locate you in your health and set you apart. May divine favor speak for you on account of the shed blood of Christ Jesus. As we enter 2023, may favor open you a door beyond your wildest imagination in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Father, we bless you. We honor you. That you have found it be, be, you have found it within your divine wisdom to make room for us. That you will favor our cause. That you will distinguish and set us apart. That by your favor we will see your glory and your honor. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us where we are weak. Help us where we fail to stand strong. Help us to break out of sin and disobedience. That that which you have purposed for our lives from the foundations of the earth will come to full manifestation. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. We want to take our tithe. So if you're here with your... Thank you for listening to The Millionaire's Word. This is Action Chapel International, Wonder Cathedral, Adenta, The Millionaire's Church. Kindly visit us this and every Sunday for any of our two services. Our early morning service is from 7 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. And the second service, which is a Chi and English service, is from 9.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. You may locate us on the Dodua Road, 200 meters from the Adenta Barrier, opposite the Puma Filling Station. For prayer counseling and further inquiries, please reach us on 0244-675561 or 0244-686841.